Amen. You may be seated. Woo, you guys are on today. Oh, yeah. Very good. All right, as we kind of transition, um, we're continuing in our series, Art of Neighboring, and it's going along with uh, the book, the parallel of the book, those that are going through that. Um, and as we talk about it today, one of the things I think in the art of neighboring that has spoke to me is the simplicity that it brings to missions and to spreading the gospels, because sometimes we like to make it very complicated um, and think we need all of these, especially us, it's in our name, Methodist, right? We like to create these methods and processes and committees and organizations and structures, and we get so busy doing that that we don't have time to do the most simple of things. Um, and I think that's what that book speaks to, especially these last two, the two chapters we're talking about today or referring to today, it, it talks about keeping it simple. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be big things. It can just be little things over time that build up into a big relationship. And, and they might not be big um, conversations or interactions, but maybe they're being built up for a time when there's a need. But it's really not as complicated. We've talked about this as a few weeks ago as we try to make it. And sometimes that making it complicated is a way of um, an excuse we can give that it's too much, it's too big, it's too complicated. I can't save the world. No, but the starfish, you can make a difference to your neighbor. Just like Kate said, right? Keep it simple. So where does she live? Cross street. That's where she's from. Right? It's not complicated, but we like to make it complicated. In our scripture today, we see uh, very simple interactions between Jesus and Levi. The scripture comes out of Luke uh, chapter 5, beginning verse 27. Listen for the word of the Lord. After th this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it is the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. This is the word of God for the people of God. So here we see a very simple interaction between Jesus and Levi. You know, he comes and he says, he just says, follow me. You know, he didn't say you need to take a membership class. You got to go to seminary. You have to answer these questions. He didn't say any of that. He just said, follow me. Simple. And Levi simply said, okay. And he began to follow. And he began to do the process. And as I read this, and I often think about this, 
You know, there is a difference between, or can be, let me say, there can be a difference between churchgoers and Jesus followers. Now, Jesus followers can go to church as a part of that, but you can go to church and not be a Jesus follower. Are you with me? So you can go through the process, you can go to the organization, you can take, you can be at the church as the phrase goes, every time the doors are open, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're following Jesus. Believe it or not, there are people that like the politics of church. I don't understand that. But people love it. So God bless them. And, and I'll be honest, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago. I don't know why it came up in my head a few weeks ago, but I was like, I'm a pretty good pastor for Jesus followers. For just church-going people, I can be a little frustrating because I don't always follow. I'm glad Ashley and Allison aren't here to amen this. I don't always follow the letter of the law. I'm sometimes a little too flexible. So I'm not always the best pastor for churchgoers, but for Jesus followers, um, I think I do better. And there's a slight nuance. Again, I'm not bad-mouthing going to church. I want people to go to church. It's part of following Jesus. It's one of the means of grace that how we stay connected to Christ and the Holy Spirit by worshiping together, by praying together, by being in fellowship in small groups reading scripture, service, all of these things are part of what it is to be a Jesus follower. And that's why we have to look, we talked about reprioritizing our faith and our lives last week. We have to look, is the, the main primary or maybe only part of you, you following Christ going to church? Is that what you count that as? That's not enough. It's, I mean, it's good, but you're not going to grow in your relationship with Christ. You're not going to grow as a disciple of Christ uh, following Jesus. You have to stay connected. That's why we oftentimes will grow in our faith to a certain point and will stagnate because we only want to do certain things. So when you are a follower of Christ, there's a couple nuances that we could look at. First, let's look at the, the, the simply. We, he simply fought, asked him to follow, and he said, okay, I will follow you. Didn't know what it entailed, didn't know what it was going to take, but he left everything. So Jesus was going to be uh, the primary person, tr primary influence in his life, and that's number one, what it is to be a Jesus follower. Is Jesus the primary influence in your life. And if we're honest, if I'm honest, I'll say, yeah, most of the time. But not all the time. See, there's another part of the scripture where we see after uh, Jesus, was, or Jesus invited uh, Levi to follow him, Levi invited him, Jesus, into his home. Not just into his home, into a party with all of his tax collector sinner friends. He invited him to come with him as he was. 
He didn't say, let me have a party and I'm going to get my Rolodex and find all the religious people I know. He said, here's my folks. This is where I live. This is what I do. This is who I know. And he said, come on, Jesus. See, that's why Jesus is not always the primary influence in our lives. Because we don't invite him everywhere we go. Now, we don't think about it consciously. But there's sometimes we just kind of leave him outside the door. I remember one guy's group I was uh, in a few churches ago. It was a Monday night, and we decided to have our, our meeting of our, our guys' group at, um, oh, I forgot, one of the chicken wings places because it was Monday night football and the Bears were playing. So maybe I decided <laughs> that we should meet at the, the sanctuary of Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> and so we went there and, and some guys ordered some beers and some wings and, and I said, all right, well, let's get started. And I said, let's pray. And they're all like, we're going to pray here? Well, I was like, yeah, that's what we do, right? Are we going to alter what we do because of where we are? If we're in a place or we think we're in a situation where we shouldn't, uh, we should uh, alter what we're doing, then we might not be, should be there or we should realize Jesus already knows who we are. And we should be faithful at in the sanctuary on Sunday morning, and we should be faithful in our, in our, what we do as followers of Christ shouldn't change just because we're in some place that isn't deemed churchy. In fact, maybe that's the place we better be sure we're doing the things that we're following Christ. And maybe that's going to be a witness. And so when we, we talked the last week one of the things is, and I think we're going to have some sermons about this, one of the problems is, is that we sterilize the Bible in the sense that we look at it and we look at all these heroic characters and these noble people, and then we strive to be like David, and we strive to be like Moses, strive to be like Peter, because they're good Christian thought well. Followers of God, good godly people, right? And they're a mess, right? The, the Bible is very messy. There are some crazy stories in the Bible, in case you haven't read it. If not, you will when we do the Bible in 90 days. But there's uh, some odd things. I don't know, some things I wouldn't even say out loud. It's just crazy. But we make it as this book of all these good people doing these good things. And that's not what it is. It's broken people trying their best to follow God and failing over and over again. And that's the message that's going to resonate with people out in the world. Not the mask of I'm a good church person and I got, I'm trying to do everything right and, and I'm do all of these things, and I never get mad. And just the things we talked about, the mask that we wear, and we read sterilized versions of Scripture, and so people can't relate. Or the pressure's so great by trying to follow the law that they get burnt out and say, I can never measure up. 
And the thing is, yeah, you can't. None of us can. I love that song, that last song. I, don't, I wasn't familiar with that. They said, well, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And, and church people want to do stuff. Well, I want to do, do, do. And, and he says, there's nothing you can do for me. Because the Bible's not about us. We always want to make it back to us and about what I do. That's what we see two groups of people in here. And it's actually one group of people. We see the tax collectors, the sinners that Jesus is hanging out with. And then the Pharisees and the religious scribes who come and they, um, and what are those people in our story? They're the church people. Right? The church people come along and say, what is Jesus doing with all those sinners? Because they are live, we know now, as we read Scripture, that they're living by the law that they have created. And what does the law do? It breeds condemnation and judgment. And so they are judging other people. They're con- condemning those people. And Jesus says, I didn't come to heal the healthy, the righteous, which, by the way, there's done. I came those that are, to heal those that are sick. In other words, those that admit that they're sick. See, because there's really only one group of people in here. They're, they're all sinners. They're all sinners. But one group, even though they, we haven't finished the gospel, but we know uh, Levi, at least, with his action, is there, we, we are all one people, but there's only, but there's two parts of us. There's two groups of people, repentant and unrepentant. Those that say, yep, I am sick, I am broken, I need your healing, I need the great physician, I need what you offer, because I am broken and I am sick. And those that say, no, I'm pretty good. I got it under control. I don't need any healing. And so when we, we have to remember this when we talk about reaching out to our neighbors and to our friends. Am I, am I, taking, am I inviting Jesus with me? And, and am I going, am I leaving my mask at home? I hope you all thought about that. I had somebody today tell me, I was thinking about that. I said, I, th- I think I have three masks that I wear throughout the week. I was impressed. I said, only three? That was, that was good. But we, if we really want to reach people, and I'm not even saying we don't reach them with the message of Christ. From Emmaus, um, make a friend, friend. If we just want to reach then we have that voice came from the dark. Maybe that was a sign that I'm finished.
See, if we come, that's that, the worldly message, that, that um, secularism coming in to the church and saying we're all pretty good. And left to our own, we'll do it. And, and the problem is that's so bad because, one, it's contrary of what Scripture says. It's anti what Scripture says. We're all sinners. We're all broken. And if we, and if we start from there, then that breeds and produces mercy and grace. It uh, it produces unity. How can I begin to condemn someone else or judge somewhere else when I know I'm not what I should be? If we really understand that, but when we come from that position of and let human secularism creep into the church, then it's about the we become the Pharisees, we become the scribes that are judging and condemning other people, and that's all to justify ourselves and to build ourselves up. Least I'm not like them. And that what does that breed? Condemnation, judgment, which brings division and separation and all the works of the flesh. So it should be good, good news that, I mean, it's freeing. To say, I am a sinner. I read this book in that, uh, the author of Seculosity, I listened to a podcast and he, he, he said once, he goes, I think we should all open church every week, just like Alcoholics Anonymous. All right. Hi, I'm Jim and I a sinner. Hi, Jim. Let's try that. Hi, I'm Jim. I'm a sinner. Hi, Jim. Anybody else want to try it? It feels good. Hi, Neil. Uh, we might take All right, another center, Jim. Hi, Jim. I like it. Hi, Benny. Welcome. Isn't that free? And then God can begin to do some work in us when we come broken. Doctor can't feel any, uh, cannot fix anything or heal you until you go and say, I need a doctor. Right? Otherwise, you, that wound's just going to fester and fester. So, we need to get back to the simplicity of the gospel. You know, it, I had one pastor tell me uh, when I, a mentor of mine says, you always got to preach the good news. And I thought about that for a long time. I said, well, how do you do that in every sermon? And then I began thinking over time about every scripture in here has the good news in it. And, the, and it goes like this. You can go back to the Old Testament. You can use our text today. Levite was a sinner, a tax collector. And if you know the story, they were, they were thieves and criminals and selfish. I mean, that's why they were deemed sinners. He has no business following Jesus or being a follower of Christ. To the Pharisees, to the religious leaders, he should be condemned, he should be judged, he shouldn't be allowed anywhere because he has broken God's law. And now all that is true. But the good news is, it's not about Levi. It's not about Levi's righteousness or Levi's faithfulness. It's not about your righteousness, your faithfulness. It is all about 
Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' faithfulness. And because of Jesus, God looks at me and he doesn't see my weaknesses and my sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ and the faithfulness of Christ. And that's the good news. And you could do that with any story because the basic story is human nature is corrupt and fallen and selfish by nature. But God's in God's mercy and grace, he pulls us out. Try that in your study. Go back to the Garden of Eden, right? The fall. They ate the fruit. And they got kicked out of the garden and they had all these curses on them. And you're like, well, how is that mercy? How does, how does that end up in good news? They didn't die. They were supposed to die, remember? So just one example. We can go through because it's all about God's nature, our nature, and the relationship between the two. And the good news is it's not about you. And you don't have to. Like the song says, there's nothing you can do. All he says is follow me. We're invited to follow Christ even in the shape that we're in, especially because of the shape that we're in. And then all he says is, take me with you everywhere you go, and I'll do extraordinary things. Keep it simple. We don't, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It just has to be from the heart. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for your patience. Lord, I pray that each one of us would realize the love and the grace and the mercy. That, Lord, we know that we are sinners and that we fall short, that we're broken, uh, that our, we're, our, we are soul sick, and we are in need of redemption and healing and grace and mercy. And in you, through your death on the cross, through your spilt blood and broken body, you have given us life. And because you have been resurrected and made whole in you, we can be made whole. So Lord, help us to give ourselves more fully to you. Just simply that I will follow you more. I will allow you with me and to guide me and to be the primary influence in my life, good, bad, or otherwise that I will follow you through all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.